Welcome to the RICO 12 Shares Podcast. This is an open to all addictions and afflictions sharing meeting. If you would like to record a share or a recovery prayer for RICO 12 Shares, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash shares and follow the links there or click on the link in the show notes. RICO 12 Shares is not a dumping ground for problems, nor is it a place for storytelling. RICO 12 Shares is not a place for crosstalk or contacting others. RICO 12 Shares is not a place to promote or proselytize any products, services, or specific religions. RICO 12 Shares is a place to share and hear the solution, your experience, strength, and hope. RICO 12 Shares is a short shares-only meeting closed out with a recovery prayer that is recorded by any one of our participants or audience members. The RICO 12 family of recovery services is supported by participants and listeners. To become a supporter, what we call a RICO 12 spearhead, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash support or click on the link in the show notes. It is now time to share. RICO 12 shares. Hey y'all, this is Liza. Person for whom the problem has been solved because I picked up the spiritual toolkit laid at my feet and am rocketed into that fourth dimension of existence that I never dared dream of with a revolutionized attitude toward life, you, and God's universe. So I have a new thing that jumped out at me, and I wanted to share that with you just because it's awesome, like our book is, and God. And Regardless of where you are with things, if you're like me, expectations are like deadly, right? So my new question for myself is what's on my 3M? Now, a lot of us know 3M if you're friends of Romeo and Michelle or the Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing Company and all of their 60,000 products, of which sticky notes are a part. We've had through any attempt to find a solution outside of what we ended up with in our desperation. And had all these wonderful quotes and reminders and sayings on them. And they did nothing, right? We know that because we are in that hopeless state of mind and body and spirit and have to have that spiritual solution. So none of that stuff worked for me. What I think of and what I am reminded of when I ask myself about what is on my 3M that's keeping me stuck in column four, which isn't even about the what it is or why I'm there, except for how I get out of there and into that connected state of existence, right? So when I ask myself what's on my 3M, it's about what's on my magic magnifying mind. If it's on acceptance and off my expectations, like page 420 reminds me, then my serenity is all good, right? It's directly proportional to my level of acceptance. The higher my expectations of other people and life in general, including God, the lower my serenity. I can watch my serenity level rise when I discard my expectations and my rights. Those two get in the way and force my serenity level down. I have to discard my rights as well as my expectations. None of that matters, dude. Dying is dying. I don't care why I'm there. And guess what will kill me as quick as anything? Righteousness. Doesn't matter. Anything that stands in the way and separates me or it lets me buy into the lie of separation, keeps me away from God. So how important is it really? How important is it compared to my serenity, to my emotional sobriety? When there's more value on my serenity and sobriety than anything else, 
I can maintain them at a higher level, at least for the time being, because that has opened up my relationship to God. And when God is in charge, lies is not. And that's a really good thing. <laughs> so what's on your 3M? What's on your magic magnifying mind? What are you investing in there? What team am I playing for? As my dear friend Joseph taught me through another wonderful way of looking at things with team. Where's my time, my energy, my attention, my money? Where am I investing these things? All of that just gets to remind me of what I need to be doing in this program of action in order to stay sane and to have everything I'm promised, including restoration and rebirth. Not just some idea of who I was before this disease, to who I am in every moment that I am connected to God and my fellows. That's the restoration and rebirth. That's who I am in spirit, where I truly live and thrive. And where I get to also then engage in human form and the trudge right next to you, shoulder to shoulder on this grand human adventure. Love you. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being a part of this program of action and this amazing, radical and revolutionary way of life. Rico 12 shares. Hey, I'm Justin. I am a son of God and a recovering addict, and I am really grateful today to be able to do a little share here. And I've got a couple of shares that I want to do, but I'm just going to do this one for now. Recently, I have had a massive insight into chapter, a paragraph on page 84 of the big book that uh, starts with this thought brings us to step 10. It's about halfway down the page, but I'm going to jump about halfway into the paragraph. Um, we have entered into the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. It's not to maintain. Steps 10, 11, 12 are often called the maintenance steps. I'm now going to change that to the growth steps in my own vernacular and my own experience because um, I need to continue to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. I get to do this. I get to do this one day at a time for the rest of my life, whether the rest of my life is today or whether it's another, you know, 50 years. I don't know, but I get to do it, but I only have to worry about it today. But where I really want to go here is continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. I add lust in there. There may be other things that come in here, you know, hunger or, you know, if I'm a food, well, I am a food addict, but, uh, you know, uh, different things that come up, craving of different sorts that come up. Keep watch for those things. Keep my eye open for those things. And when these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. So if I'm in my office at work or in my home or, you know, somewhere I can hit my knees right now and say, God, please remove this, whatever it is at once. And if I'm not where I can do that, I do it in my mind. God, please remove this, whatever at once. The next step is we discuss them with someone immediately. You know, that's where I often drop the ball here is I'm not willing to pick up the phone. I, I surrendered it to God. Why should I have to talk to somebody else? Because it's vital. Um, I need to give it a name to somebody else. I need to make it so it's not just a secret between me and God so that it, there's somebody else that knows where, where I'm struggling. And I've given it a name and I've said it out loud to, to a mortal that, uh, that can get that. And if I've harmed somebody, I need to make amends quickly if I've done any harm. Now, 
if it's an emotion, if it's a, fe- a feeling, I pr- may not have harmed somebody. But if I have said something, if I've done something, I need to make amends quickly. I, I mean, we talk here at once, immediately, quickly. These are these are three very descriptive words to do this quickly. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. And this was a game changer here. Or, you know, if I'm sitting in my office at work, it may be a little bit difficult to take action to help somebody at that moment, but I need to do this. I mean, we're talking quickly at once immediately, but I can just turn my thoughts to helping somebody. You know, I love the example of, you know, if I'm upset at my boss, I can think about how are some ways that I can help him even or her, even if I'm not in the same office, even if I'm a thousand miles away, what are some things that I could do if what I would, that I would do if I could to help my boss. And I turn my thoughts to that. And then those things disappear. Um, love and tolerance of others is our code. You know, as I practice this step 10 principle in my daily life, and as I'm sharing it with others who reach out to me and say, hey, I got to surrender something, and we walk through this process, it really seems to carry a lot of power. And what a cool thing it is to be able to share that and learn it. And I'm just, I'm still an addict, and I will pass. Rico 12 shares. So I'm Harvey E. in Toronto, a grateful recovering sexaholic, a good person, worthy of recovering a child of God. So for my first recording ever on this uh, platform, I thought I would start from the beginning. Um, I uh, met with a new, new therapist uh, early in January of 2014. And when he heard my story of my acting out career, and it was quite a career, I was a very low bottom when I got into the rooms. Uh, he asked me a simple question. He stopped me in the middle of a sentence and he said, Harvey, if I asked you, uh, is sex a need or a want? What would you say? And I said, oh, it's a need. Isn't it a need for everybody? And I looked at him like, you must be nuts. And he said, no, it's not a need for everybody. Uh, you might want to try to find an S fellowship uh, somewhere in Toronto, a 12-step program uh, associated with uh, sex, uh, sex addiction. So I did just that, and my first meeting was January 7th of 2014, and I walked into that room, and it was wintertime in Canada, uh, and I had a hat on, and I had my coat on, and I didn't take either of them off. I didn't want anybody to know who I was, what I was. I was I'm an Orthodox Jew, and it looks pretty clear when you have your yarmulkes there. So I kept my coat on and my hat on, and when they asked me to identify, I just said, because I listened to everyone else, I said, I'm Harvey, and I think I might be a sex addict. Um, And I was in a room with 30 odd people, uh, maybe one, I think there was one woman and 29 men, including myself. And we shared and they shared. And and the first thing that came to me that that was clear was, uh, wow, you know, um, I'm not alone anymore uh, because I had lived alone in my life uh, journey um, and my my acting out and my sexaholism. Uh, for 59 years at that point. And I didn't believe that anyone had what I had, um, except, of course, that I believed everybody was as desirous of sex as I was. They just didn't have the luck that I had to to get it or the money that I could spend. They couldn't. Um, So it was kind of a dual message, I guess. But sitting in a room with uh, 30 other people, 29 other people, and hearing them talk about stuff and realizing that they were in my head they were speaking my truths they were speaking my experience 
in many ways. Uh, and of course, their stories, their outside stories were quite different. Some of them were married, some of them were single, some of them had partners, some of them were living in relationships but not married. Um, many of them were not uh, faith-based, as I am. Uh, there was a real interesting mix of people, but uh, when you listen to them talk about their life situation, there was a lot of commonality. Uh, everyone described isolation. Everyone described hopelessness. Everyone described um, lack of control, uh, just feeling completely insane. Although many of them didn't use the word insane. That came a little later. So the joy and the beauty of finding a room and realizing that for the first time I was in a place where I didn't feel judged, um, that I could really speak my truths, um, move out of shame, was really, really important. And, and I think that was my first experience with uh, with SA, with my sexualism. Thank you for letting me share. Rico 12 shares. Hello, this is Irving S., recovering sex addict. And today I'd like to share something I've learned by arresting. Um, I've struggled with having the ability to rest in many in many ways in, in my life, especially recently. Um, somehow I've attached shame to resting. So every time I'm resting, I feel guilty that there's something else I I might not be doing. By asking a bunch of my um, fellows in the SAL program, I found that uh, I was able to put together a definition that, that sort of works for me. This is a mind. This is something I put together. It's something rest for me right now is something like the defiance or the ability to let go of the current worldly demands at this moment. And something I practice is because my higher power tells me I have to take a rest day on the seventh day of every week. Um, I try to push hard on this and to establish that in my my own family because I trust my higher power. So what we did is, because I can't commit to that, I what I did is I'll do it once and we'll see what happens. And I put it in the calendar with months in advance. And then when that day arrived, I had nothing else to do but to rest. Um, what after meditation and just praying about this, I came to the conclusion, I think to my higher power that I was going to take my family on a on a nature walk. And that's what we did. We went on a nature walk. And when we went on the nature walk, I had nothing else to do but to be there with my family. I also made sure that they didn't have anything else to do or pending that day or the following uh, couple hours. And what happened to me is that I was able to disconnect, to be in the moment, to be present, to let go of everything. Besides being enjoyable, to be in the moment with my family, with my toddler, 
it this experience allowed me to apply this to more daily mundane things in the middle of the day i'm able to stop and let go of things that don't matter and put god back at the center that's what i wanted to share today thanks it is now time to close the rico 12 shares meeting if you wish to share some of your recent experience strength and hope or have insights that you've gained from other speakers or other meetings, please follow the links in the show notes to our website and submit a recorded share there. You can also become a RICO 12 spearhead and financially support these projects by clicking on the support link in the show notes. Thanks. We will now launch off into the rest of our day with a prayer. Hi, my name is Matthew and I'm a recovering sex and love addict. I wanted to share a prayer that I've just written down. It's a very short one. Lord, I am worthy of love. God is love, but it can be, but it cannot be unrequited. In order for love to be true, it needs to be received and reciprocated. God, help me love, help me love you, so that I'm, so that I might love others to the best of my ability. Keep coming back. It works when you work it. So work it. You are worth it.